Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Chuck breaks a streak, Jake keeps going 3-1, and one. and both Chuck and Jake are fighting a little bit of illness. Chuck, how are you doing today, my friend? I- I'm doing good, and yes, I did break a streak. I totally forgot all about it until yes the look on your face when i said that uh you're like what what are you talking about uh but you quickly figured it out i think yeah thank you azul (laughs) got it right (laughs) that was twofold because yeah i think well one we had our little uh like our uh fantasy bet whatever you want to call it um our fantasy draft style thing that we do on a lot of ic's Yes. Um, and obviously Azul was your first pick and he ended up bringing it down um, and, and winning with Lost Box, which I think you said Lost Box is going to win, too. So it was twofold um, that, that you were really on it last week. So congrats on that, my friend. Yeah, apparently I, the OCIC was the meta that I should have called and went to because I was on it. Right, right. You, know, you, you had you had that called. Um, you did great. Um so t- this week will be, <clears> or <throat> well, this time around will be the first time I get punished um, and, you know, have to play with a card, a four of card and a deck. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what you come up with. Twitter comes up with however you want to do it, um, you know, come up with something to get me. Obviously, it will have to be after this week because this week uh, we have Knoxville coming up and I've been practicing hard for that. And I still want to just get last minute reps in. No, uh, so, must, so next week, you must the day before you go to Nashville, <laughs> practice your deck with some other random cards. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't be doing that. Um, but I do want to ask you, uh, since you did not play Riley last week uh, on the pod, did you play it this weekend? Did you bring it to you finally bring it to local? I brought it. I brought it. It was it was it was fantastic. And went one and three. Let's go. <laughs> you won a game with Riley, though. Yeah, I got the buy. <laughs> oh, let's go. <laughs> let's the go. Why can't pick the bad cards for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, I, I probably really didn't build that great of a deck with it. Uh, I was trying to use the Tor Cat, uh, 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 Incineroar stuff too. So probably not fun. I was just trying something fun since I had to play Riley and and right. stuff. So it was it was not good. So. We'll see how I go about this. Uh, so after you know after. Knoxville, I won't really have much to to really prep for in the short term, so I'll have a little bit of creative juices, hopefully, to flow to to get to to get whatever you give me um, to get working. Well, so just let me know um, yeah, how you want to do that. I'm gonna come up with a couple ideas for the Twitterverse to pick out uh, what what might they might give you. So right, right, all right. Aside from you know Azul taking a, a dub for you. Um, especially that's why that's why he won it is just so you would win this draft. Yeah. Um, how was I mean, your week? Uh, anything anything new with you? Um, no, nothing too crazy this week. Uh, battling a sinus issue. I don't know if it's an infection or whatnot. Just been stuffed up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You probably can tell the difference. Um, but it's just coming and going. So some days are better than others. Today is not a bad day. But right now, for whatever reason, because I have to talk, um, it's it, I'm being a little stuffy. Exactly, uh, that's what always happens. 
other than that, I did get out. I played Pokemon, you know. Um, got the you got got the Riley games out of the way, and then I've just been uh, hitting the Lost Box desk, uh, hitting this Lost Box deck that I've been trying to build, uh, play out, and just um, played it this weekend at an extra tournament um, in, in uh, outside of Toledo uh, in Bowling Green. Uh, did not do well there, but ended up just hitting uh, constant stuff that was not good for a Lost Box, so that you don't see every day. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been, what's been happening with me. So locally, <clears throat> just been testing a lot of Lost Box again for um, for Knoxville online IRL. Um, and, and generally, it's been doing pretty good with it. I just keep every week hitting at least one matchup that's like just randomly not great for uh, Lost Box uh, for one way or another. Um, or I'll just get those weird Lost Box hands that you occasionally get. Um, where you just have like no playable cards to start with and you just kind of get donked, um, which is definitely something that can happen uh, to Lost Box. But generally, I feel like the deck is still fine. Um, yeah. It has a pretty good matchup spread against everything else. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of highs and lows this weekend online. Um, you know, I had a 15 game win streak and a 10 game win streak uh, with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of other ones that were moderately big. Um uh, then the last uh, yesterday, uh, went into Sports Car Junction for theirs. Uh, ended up just playing against a Vika Dactyl. Vika just did what it wanted to do and locked me out of the game. Uh, so you know, lost that. And then our one of our locals, Mike, was playing a, a Gardevoir challenge to get one of the the mats that we're going to be giving away, or uh, that Sports Cars was giving away <laughs> if you created a challenge. And Gardevoir apparently is not um, is a good matchup for the Gardevoir over Lost Box because I couldn't really do much uh, based off of... I, I couldn't get to the one-shot kill um, consistently twice, and then he just had a bunch of heal healing, uh, so it wasn't great for me, uh, so he outlasted me there. Um, it took it like so... The, the VMAX or just the... Yeah, the VMAX, the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, ran into a bunch of random things. Uh, uh, you know, Vika Volt might be something I run into. Uh, at uh, Knoxville, but um, so I'm feeling a little bit down on the deck as of the last day. Uh, before that, you know, feeling pretty good. So it's just kind of like a a roller coaster of emotions, and I always feel like um, I go in swings where I I almost feel like I can't lose, um, and then it very quickly turns into I can't can't win, and then I I slowly build up to you know it's like no I'm I'm winning a majority of games. Um, so it's like a, a roller coaster for me. So I'm hoping I can hit this low right now, you know, five days before the tournament starts, play a bunch of games and kind of just kind of make it go on the uptick. So hopefully that's uh, where I'll be um, and try to work through that. Um, but other than that, um, you know, yeah. just, just hanging out with uh, with my son this weekend. Uh, my wife is out of town uh, for work. Uh, so just a lot of him playing Zelda while I was next to him on the phone uh, playing uh, live or something like that. So um, just, you know, kind of a boys weekend, just playing good video games. <laughs> That's cool. That's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's got to play through, play through his little ruts because I've been doing the same thing with the with my uh, the Lost Box deck, deck that I've been playing. So I've been gearing. I've been trying to extend a lot of practice for Fort Wayne which is another month from now. Uh, but 
really hone in matchups and everything. And I'm and yeah. like I I feel like the same thing was happening to me earlier in the week because I couldn't lose. Like whatever I was playing, I, I got this. Like I had yeah. some lost box hands, and I'd still be like, I still win even if I lose two prizes earlier. I just end up coming back somehow. But then uh, though this weekend it was just like I've I've learned what I lose to um pretty handedly. So um but I just like remember that these are matchups you're probably not gonna see very often. Right. Uh, right. So you gotta you gotta take that in the grain of salt and then you know figure out ways that you can play around them because um like I I, I ran into like I, I think I ran into like three Eternatuses in a row on yep. live. And I was just like, okay, like I can play around this maybe, but like it requires a faster start. But like I'm not gonna run into three eternities if I go to Fort Wayne. Right, like that's right. another interesting thing that's gonna happen this week uh with Knoxville. Um again, I kind of mentioned it last week where Mike and I are both going. Um uh, we couldn't met we couldn't unfortunately get our matchup against our uh team challenge on Friday like we were hoping to. Uh, so we are going to be playing them on Sunday. Uh, so depending on how we both do, uh, we oh, might uh, we might uh, both not be playing. Unfortunately, going into the top thirty-two, um, but they, we'll see. They say what time? Um, Later in the day, at least. I don't know uh, a specific time, but regardless, cut uh, it might be. Uh, so we'll have to to work that out. Uh, but with you saying Eternatus, just kind of doing some scouting on them. Uh, it looks like we're going to be playing against uh, Weezing Eternatus. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to to change our decks a little bit to make the matchup not nearly as bad, where it's like, okay, you know, you know, Canceling Clone, generally not a great card, but things like that you want to add um, if you know you're playing these kind of matchups. Um, so just based off of you know the trends that we've seen and they actually play a team that we know locally so we asked them a little bit there so doing a little scouting on them so hopefully um <laughs> you know our our scouting pays off um if we both get the play or if one of us gets the play but uh um it's going to be an exciting weekend with uh with regionals the and team challenge kind of like uh when we went to Toronto where you know uh I scrubbed out. Uh, we we ended up leaving early so I could rush to go to the team challenge uh, to qualify for the last one. So hopefully um, we have a story kind of like that for Sports Car Junction where, hey, unfortunately, one of us did do great. But with uh, with some kind of preparation uh, to our opponents, you know, takes home the W. Uh, I'm hoping to, to to add upon the top 32 from last season. Yeah, well, it's a big round. I hope the best for you guys. So I really want that Lugia mat uh, with the, the stamp Lugia mat. The, it, it's just a really good looking mat um, for sure. Um, but either way, I'm super happy with the team uh, overall uh, and feel pretty prepared going into Knoxville. That's good. Um, before we go into Knoxville talk, though, Meta Talk, uh, we do we did have OCIC. We kind of mentioned it, um, but you know, let's kind of deep dive a little bit into it or maybe not like super deep dive um but you know azul taking it home winning uh with lost box i believe that's a lost box first win at a regional or above uh level um pretty good uh pretty good deck um you know obviously azul's a great player um what do you think about lost box winning what is this gonna mean for the meta going forward um 
I think it's kind of kind of like a little bit about I want to say about time for Lost Box winning, but uh, I feel like it's just Lost Box. It kind of needs a lot of things to go to go correctly for it, and then uh, in, in regionals past, um, it kind of had some bad matchups make top eight with it. Um, not so much this time. Um, and Azul's been playing Lost Box, so we we, we have for for a lot of this format so you have a very veteran player on the deck um so yeah uh i think it was just kind of like finally the stars aligned for it uh and it it uh did really well yeah and and watching some of his matches and just kind of looking on social media um you know a, a big weakness of lost box i think it's not really a secret to anybody is like that mid to late game marnie uh, that really just throws their hand off. Um, and it didn't seem to punish him because uh, even though when he got Marnied, um, he got at least a combination of cards off that he could play uh, to get the combos because obviously Lost Box is a deck that needs to kind of have some kind of combination of cards to play um, depending on the variant you're playing um, uh, to get, you know, to get that energy acceleration, get the Pokemon out there, uh, re- recycle resources and stuff like that. Um so it was kind of great to see, you know, sometimes, you know, Marty Prey doesn't necessarily work against it. Um, so uh, I was happy to see Lost Box finally break through. Yeah, it was nice to see that. Well, like, you know, you're still giving him four cards. So at least something in the four cards was usable to get to more cards. Yeah. At least. Um, so, yeah, even though even though OCIC was was a, a, a highly Lugia event. Uh, yeah, oh geez, yeah, deep. Lugia. I, I believe it was thirty plus percent in day one, and I believe fifty percent plus to get uh of day two. Um, plus the top eight were fifty percent as well. Um, although it didn't once it hit top eight, it kind of dropped off, um, and lost the majority of its games pretty quickly. Um, but again, Lugia just so consistent, so dominant. Um, you know, so meta defining. We've talked about it exhaustively, um, you know, in the last couple months. But, you know, it's there. It's not going anywhere until rotation. Yeah, for sure. Um, another deck, though, that had a lot of people talking um, was the Reggies with uh, with a Radiant Jirachi. Or not a Radiant. Yeah, Radiant, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, well. The, yeah. It was, yeah, it was Paul. Uh, all right. So it was Paul Gionis. Uh, uh, I think he's Australian. Let me look real quick. Uh, yes, he's Australian. Right. Bringing the spice in the Reggies. Um, putting one Radiant Jirachi in it. Um, so, it didn't work. <laughs> it did uh, work. It was crap. I mean, he made day two with, with Brett Reggies. So, I mean, you look at the list, there's not much things different than uh, a normal uh, Reggies list. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides a copycat and this radiant Jirachi. And if you think about it, um, if you're going against a lost box, copycat could be ridiculous amount of draw for you. Correct. Because uh, those lost boxes can get some pretty big hands. Um, so, but I think it was round 12. If anyone, if you have time, uh, go back and find the stream for round 12, uh, Peter... Uh, is playing 
another well-known player, but he's playing, uh, I believe it's Lugia. Uh, and the man is the most exciting game of Pokemon. Like, I almost don't want to spoil it, but it's so exciting. Radiant Jirachi is in the game a lot longer than it should be, especially. I think I heard Chip say... I think he needs to scoop up that Jirachi like at least 10 times. <laughs> yeah. Jirachi's like, no, bro, I got this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I got this. Put the game on my back. Uh, Cause it goes down uh, pretty good. Um, now I won't say who wins, but uh, it, <laughs> it was, it's a very great game. Just go right. watch it. Jirachi was taking knockouts, um, you know, but uh, it was close matchup both ways. Uh, the funny thing is, you know, listening to interviews with him after the fact, um, it wasn't really doing a lot of work through it, like the tournament uh, as far as like KOs. It was more just there for his uh, ability to, you know, cons- get those consistency cards and drawing cards if, it, you know, your opponent's forced to take the active knockout. Um, it, you know, so it did seem to to be more there for that. Uh, but it just happened to be his stream game. Jirachi's like, OK, it's my time to shine. Uh, let's yeah. go um, and trying to move Jirachi up our tier list. I think that's why he played it is to try to move him up into that uh, S class of, yeah. of, of playability. I mean, if you make if you think about it, uh, if you can get Jirachi early game in that active spot and then the opponent, your opponents forced to KO that Jirachi, then if you really like, you're set. You're almost pretty much guaranteed setup for for Reggie's because you most likely will be able to grab one to two of the Reggie's that you're missing, and then something to get a bunch of cards. So, if not, it's even if it's more just energy and maybe stuff like that. I mean, it really is an ingenious thing as long as you can get it, and then it's forced to get knocked out. Um, yeah. One thing that the player that was playing. Uh, Peter in the in in that round twelve was was not KOing the Jirachi, um, so he wasn't letting it get off the board. But uh, Peter was paying him back for that. Yeah, uh, by yeah surely you're not gonna double heads this again. <laughs> ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, yes. So it is a is a neat twist and apparently decent enough to make a day two. So hundred percent. Yeah, I, Twitter was losing its mind uh collectively <laughs> during that round yeah. uh so definitely it was definitely entertaining um people probably are going to start trying that locally uh or you know wherever their locals are for like the local leagues um you know a fun little twist on a meta deck that's been pretty much established um you know within a couple cards so but aside from you know the the reggie love seeing lugia dominate again meta share Lost Box finally breaking through. We saw, you know, Mew do Mew things, kind of the expected meta. Anything that stood out to you um, as far as just like day one meta, day two meta, um, or is kind of just like par for the course at this point? Uh, I mean, the top decks, I didn't really see anything that did. It was like it wasn't too par for the course. The day two, t- the day two meta, like the I didn't, I expected a little bit more counterboxing. To come mm-hmm. out of the, uh, the even like Japan players that were going to show up, uh, just a little bit more stuff that was outside the norm of you know Lugia and stuff. But 
a lot of those Japan players brought their own Lugias. So yeah. um, that's just the in the day two meta, there wasn't as much. I think there's only two Vika Volts in, in the entire day two. So like that's what I mean by something yeah. that is the counter meta. Yeah, I mean Mika, you know, s- still saw uh success there in what was it seniors, um, making it finals. Um, so you know, there was some a lot of really good games to watch. Um, you know, I was in and out all weekend watching, but I ended up being able to watch the uh the Reggie's game, um, and then most of uh day two at least. Uh, so um yeah, not much more to report on the meta and, and you know the shifting of decks right now. We're, we're, I think the whole community is at this point where we're all just waiting and you know for for rotation to hit so we can start throwing other new popular decks out there so it's not so solved. Yeah, I think uh, Azul has claimed or uh, crowned the best card in Crown Zenith is the Sky Sealstone. Um, pretty much the only thing that has seen that has changed the meta from Silver Tempest. So and it hasn't changed anything. I mean. Added toolbox. Zamazenta made it. Uh, made it again to the finals in in uh, the juniors or seniors. Uh, obviously Zamazenta is a you know that's a, a decent card to put in in yeah. in lost depending box, on depending how on you're what, how you built it. It doesn't fit in every variant, but um, you know those are really the only two cards. Um, unfortunately, I think if some if something was going to happen with the Radiant Eternatus. You know, in this meta, I think it would have happened during OCIC. Uh, and I don't remember seeing a single matchup uh, with with uh, Eternatus having any kind of success. No, no, I, I have not seen him be used at all in a, reg- in a regional, in a premier event. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so a little bit of Knoxville preparation, talking about that. Um, anything you know, that came out of OCIC that might make your changes uh, or in, in, any changes in any decks? Do we think that the meta, even with the success of Lost Box winning finally, uh, do we see still just more overall hate uh, or counter box stuff uh, to try to hit Lugia? Or do you think that the, the people will shift and really try to, you know, give some Lost Box a little bit extra hate? Um. I don't. I I think it's a mistake if you give too much hate to Lost Box. Mm-hmm. Like if you start talk teching for a Lost Box. I mean, besides from like Marnie or something. Uh, like that. It, it was only there was only twelve of the top sixty four decks in day two. So like it's it's not a huge percent of the meta, and it can be played around. I want to say I don't want to say that anyone goes into Lost Box like. At a like an 80 20, like Rolos Box just wins this, you know what I mean? Um, so I might be wrong on that, but yeah, I mean, there are matches that feel 80 20 for lot in Lost Box's favor, um, especially well, at least the version I'm playing, um, going into matchups. Uh, I would just say Lost Box in general feels good where it can have a re- really good matchup spread, um, to have answers for almost anything. Um, but the problem with it is it sometimes has clunky hands and is very susceptible to um, a Marnie that can really, really hurt it. Um, I think it has the most skill expression 
um, where it's not just, hey, I'm trying to get Lugia off there with Archaeops or, you know, just build up a hand with Mew. Um, so, you know, a little bit more give and take there. So there's more decision making um, with it. I, I feel like it is probably the hardest deck to master right now out of the meta decks. Uh, so I think a lot of people are still going to kind of shy away from that. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, I, I just, the thing is, I just think you're going to hit so many Lugias most likely throughout your tournament run that that mm -hmm. should be a primary focus. Um, if you have room to still, I don't know, make a tech in there, a tech inclusion, depending on what your deck choice is for a lost box, I think that that's not bad. But I don't think Lockspot is like techable with just like one card, like uh, yeah. a UV Max matchup would be. Like where you just go, okay, let me throw a Drapion in here just to make this a little bit better, right? Um, and yeah. with saying that, uh, Mew still seeing you know a decent amount of success. Um, you know, making it. I believe there's one in top eight. Um, you know, there's still a handful of of Mew decks making it to day two. Um, with you know, that being said, where Drapion is a, a one-of inclusion, sometimes, depending on the deck, two-of. Um, but still, it just it fights through it. Uh, it can get past those Drapions. Um, it's, just, it's crazy to see that Mew is still thriving, um, no matter what the meta is throwing at it. Yeah. Uh, well, and I will say our, our, our Mew in the cut was the evolved Mew. So I don't know if that's the way to play now, but that, that extra advanced technology of the Aerodactyl being put in Mew, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a meta call at the time. Um, it's, it's It makes a, a decent matchup against uh, Lugia, so I think that's what you're hoping for. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that being said, uh, we kind of talked a lot about the meta with the OCIC recap. Not really much to, you know, metagame or, or change uh, going into Knoxville. Um, just Excited to see how the, the my last tournament's going to be in this meta, um, you know, big tournament, uh, and see if the practice has paid off. If not, you know, uh, back to the drawing board. Um, I do feel like at least in the last six months, I have improved as a player, um, and hopefully I can show that during these tournaments. But um, if not, I'll still try to keep my head high. I know I'll probably be down for a little while. Um but you know, just gotta fight through. Uh, get get that first, uh, get that first qualifier there, um, and then move on from there. Yeah. Um, I think the only, yeah, I hear you. I, I, but I, I think your only your only curveball coming into Knoxville, I think, is is how much Reggie you're gonna see. I think that's your only curveball. That's fine. I am. I am. I'm prepared for Reggie bringing the Ice Q uh, technology. Uh, that makes it from an unfavored matchup to a favored matchup. Um, definitely not an auto win, uh, but it definitely most most Reggies don't play boss and rope. Um, they play like Serena's um, even just having like a, a one of echoing horn. Uh, it's no big deal because I can just switch cart escape rope and then go right back in. Um, so it feels good if I could get it, get the ice queue out fast. Um, and I'm not super worried about rope boss, um, which would be that it's only out unless it takes all like the, the prizes for the bench. But if you can manage her resources, 
um, you know, scoop up those and just make him the last one and have some just on case where he can switch back and forth. Um, obviously, again, not an auto win um, by any means, but still feels decent enough. Yeah, that's good. Um, but that was that was going to be my one added meta shift, I think, going from OCIC to to uh, Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, Reggie's is still solid. We saw what Rao already get. Uh, top four with it yeah and probably could have got uh, got to the finals but uh uh losing ultimately to reagan there in just lugia power <laughs> yeah and i just want i it's reggie's is like a i i think a u.s north american kind of popularized more over here it is more popular in the states yeah. so that's why i feel like you might find more players bringing it so 100 percent all right, Chuck, you ready for some trivia? It's time for yes. trivia, trivia. All right, you want to start us off? You want me to start off this week? Uh, I had a, I had an attack. I don't know what I do with the card. All right, so then I will go first. Um, we're going to play name this Pokemon this attack or ability belongs to. Uh, this week it is an attack. Um, and this attack name... It's something we both need to do because we're both a little down in the uh, dumps there, uh, health-wise or energy-wise, and that is Bounce Back. Is this an attack? An attack. Bounce Back. I almost want to say it's... Uh, I feel like it's like an aqua return like attack, but it's not. It's not obviously not aqua turn. Bounce back. All right, I don't know off the top of my head. It's not a very common attack, so it's got to be a roly poly kind of Pokemon that bounces around. So maybe like a Jigglypuff or a Clefairy. Uh, I think fairies all have like kind of crazy attacks at the moment with that new moon watching party stuff. Um, so I will not use a lifeline. I will. Uh, what, what stage is it? It's a stage one. Stage one. All right. Uh, what other lifetimes do I have to choose from? Uh, type. And I guess I'll read the um, read the subtext of the attack too. Um, if you can't get it after, all right, just give me the type because I I'm I'm in a loss. I have I'm I'm probably gonna lock in Wigglytuff if, if unless you say it's not a psychic. It's type of... it's it's metal. It's metal. Oh jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, bounce back. Is this the Zamazenta attack? <laughs> I don't remember actually the name of the attack. I thought it was like retaliation or something like that. Retribution. Um, all in the same vein when you say those all at the same time. But I know. Um, maybe it's a Toga Damaru. No, because that's not a stage one. I don't. Zamazenta isn't a stage one either. Uh. I don't know. Metal stage ones. Okay, uh, bounce back. Do? It does for a metal and colorless. It does fifty damage 
Your opponent uh, switches their active Pokemon with one of their bench. I still have no idea. Um, uh, Larion. That's a... Magneton. Yep, Magneton it is. And <laughs> Chuck, uh, yeah, I, I've resorted because if I give you those layup ones nowadays, um, you just slay it. Um, you're too good at trivia, so I've got to ch challenge you. Even though you'll challenge me and I'll completely fail, that's fine. Um, you know, Magneton. Yeah, I mean, no, that's a good one. Um, no clue uh, on Magneton, just using my bare knowledge of... Uh, no, what, the way you were talking it out, loved it. Um, you know, you I think you were... It, it, everything you said was logical and made sense. All right. I don't know what I did with my card, so I'm going to find a different Pokemon now and give you an attack as well. So this Pokemon uh, is Pokemon attack. Uh, attack name. The attack name is Fighting Knuckle. I feel like this one is we've done this one before and it's like it was like not Pukumuku, but it was like that what's the what's that other Oh you gave you gave me knuckle punch. Oh I gave you knuckle punch. Yeah, I think I feel like it's like one of those C ones that are like in a shell. I forget its name. So this is the problem. I don't my uh, three lifelines. Um yeah, let's give me uh give me a lifeline. Give me the give me the type. This is a fighting type Pokemon. Okay, I mean, I guess that would have yeah, that makes sense. Which fighting knuckles? So that's still, I feel like. Can you tell me if it's a if it's a a waterbound creature as well? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I I don't uh, think I could get its name. This is this is another. One of those Pachirisu uh, moments where I can see the Pokemon. I know what it is. I just can't name it. it. That is that is your Pikachin? other lifeline. Is it Pikachin? Pikachin, right? That's what it is. I'm just locking that in. Pikachin. I, I for some reason I have like this weird feeling it's Pikachin. No. Do you want to use? <laughs> no, I'm locking it. I don't care at this point. Oh geez, Lucario. Oh, I was way off. I was like, ah, I don't know. It was one of those Lucario ones where just, -star. Yeah, the nobody's gonna use, right? <laughs> no, I think he's yeah, actually pretty Yeah, yeah. That, no, that's that card is actually really sweet. Um man, I was just trying to go off base because I thought you were gonna give me something crazy. Um, yeah, well sometimes I guess when you just you, yeah. you pick a card that everyone uh, probably has at least. I was of thinking now, of the right Pokemon though. I did fun. I did I did pull the right name out though. He is that other like fighting slash like sea bound Pokemon, right? No, he's not sea bound. Isn't he in like Lucario a shell? Is like, not, no, not he's Lucario. like Lucario, it's Pinkerchin. Oh, Pin Pin uh, yeah, it's Pin Churchin, I believe. But yes, that is a sea bound. Okay, he's the one in the shell, right? That kinda has a fist that's yeah. almost like uh Pukamuku. So at least what I, think, I was thinking, I said the right Pokemon. So that's a that's a I think step in the right direction. Lightning type, maybe I don't know. 
for some reason I'm thinking it's fighting, but all right. You got me. Um, I kind of missed that layup. Um, mine wasn't as much of a layup for you, uh, but you know, I love the way you talk that out. Um, with that being said, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. Don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. All right, and thanks again to Sports Car Junction for their continuous support of the podcast and our community um, locally and abroad. Um, you know, couldn't do this without you guys. Uh, you're awesome. Thanks again. Uh, but with that being said, let's jump on into the news. Yes, it is time for the news, and we have uh, a good little bit. Um, let's let's go ahead and. Uh... Let's get the cat out the bag. We know what NIC is now. It's about so time. NIC, Let's go. And NAIC is officially in Columbus, Ohio, um, at the Greater Columbus Convention Center, where we know it usually likes to reside. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it is on June thirtieth to July second. So, uh, the end of June, going into kind of Fourth of July week. Um, the big note that this, uh, is what is different about this year's NAIC being at Greater Convention Center is that it is in halls A and B, which if you're from, by comparison, uh, well, it's, those are bigger halls because last year NAIC was held in C and D. What we're talking about is basically another 60,000 square feet of space. So um, we should be able to uh, hold a lot of people and uh, yeah. it'll be a great event. Out in I'm interested to see on. if they're going to use those rooms that are like onto the side of, you know, the halls for, for the, um, you know, for for all the vendors, or if they're going to have the vendors in the halls, um, or are they really just trying to max out the space for players, um, which it does definitely feel like they're trying to do that because, um, you know, space is at a premium, especially with the popularity of Pokemon just really booming in the last year. Um, yeah. Looks like looks like uh, you know we're gonna it's gonna be bigger and better than last year, and last year was pretty huge. Uh, so looking forward to it. Um, it's gonna be fun. It'll be in a different meta. Uh, so it'll be uh, just completely different and uh, it'll be great to see um, some new old faces and maybe, you know, uh, get to meet some more people um, from abroad that are going to, you know, make the trip out there uh, to, to NAIC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be intrigued to see the floor plan for everything uh, this year. So um, that is the big, big hit, but we do have some uh, card reveals. Uh, revealed from cards that are going to be coming out in mm. Triple Beat in Japan. Um, Triple Peak. <clears throat> um, so uh, I'm just going to hit some of the highlights because some of these aren't really that crazy. Um, but uh, I have some ones that I think are worth noting. Um, so we have a new uh, uh, 
Ms. Magius coming out that obviously evolved from Ms. Drevious. Uh, but it has a really neat ability on that I like. Uh, it's called Magical Flick. When you play this card from your hand, you evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn. You choose an energy attached to your opponent's active Pokemon and move it to one of their benched Pokemon. Um, pretty sweet ability, uh, but uh, we won't have Scoop Up Net anymore. So who knows how effective this will be, but might be a neat thing for control decks. Yeah, I definitely feel like this would find a spot in control where it's not necessarily energy disruption um, like by itself, um, or you could be playing an energy disruption deck uh, and they may be able to have a few more resources as far as energy, and then you just move it to a Pokemon they don't want it to be on. Um, you know, seems like it can see success. Um, probably not going to see like a huge, um, you know, meta share or anything like that, but um, I can see it winning some tournaments, uh, kind of sneaking up on people when they're not expecting it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's, I just wanted to highlight that one. In the same article, we got a uh, uh, another EX a reveal of Dedene EX. Um, this one is uh, does come with the terrestrial trait, uh, which is the as far as I would say, people who make cards the biggest waste of a trait that they have created so far because bench it's barrier. barrier. <laughs> um, so. For all the things they could have done with terrestrial Ising, uh, this is the biggest disappointment. But mm -hmm. I will gloss over that uh, because I think the e this the Dena EX being a basic uh, might have a little bit of use because it is a psychic Pokemon. Uh, Dena comes with two attacks. Uh, uh, the first one uh, is, is or I'm going to go over its bigger hitter right now, which is for three psychic. Wonder Shot for 170 damage, and then you discard an energy from the Pokemon. Uh, and then its second attack, which is why I think it's a little bit more intriguing for two psychic, uh, Tail Swap. Move all damage counters from one of your benched Pokemon to your opponent's active Pokemon. Now, I'm just gonna uh throw this other psychic type Pokemon that damages your own Pokemon. Uh, Gardevoir EX uh, can charge up its benched Pokemon of X HP by just attaching a bunch of psychic energy. Mm -hmm. And then the Dene can just take that damage and move it over. Another card <laughs> that this might pair with, um, you know, is Shadow Rider Calyrax. Um, obviously, there's going to be plenty of love for psychic. Um and with the game slowing down, Shadow Rider is in a spot where it might be able to start chaining attackers with Underworld Door. Um, and and when the when the list was popular and seeing a lot of success, um, Shadow Rider, unless you know you find a a, a matchup with weakness, um, would tank a big hit, right? Um, and not die since it has what three hundred and twenty HP. Uh, and then switch, you know, go from the active to the bench and then kind of rinse and repeat and then try to have a bunch of damage on a bunch of different um, Shadow Riders there. Uh, but if you have Dedenne kind of just sweeping in there, that, which is a psychic, right? Um, yep. You jump in there and you take maybe 270 damage uh, off of a Shadow Rider or something to that effect where you can even hurt it even a little bit more, um, like you said, with Gardevoir. So get it up to that 300 range. Um it might see some success there. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, might be able to make an effective trade uh, with 
with with the Dene, uh, be that it has bench barrier. So they're not sniping it off the bench. Uh, they will have to take it after. Sorry, Urshifu back. fans. Um, <laughs> it doesn't it is, seem like it does you only have bring 100. Them. It is a Dedene, so it only has 170 HP. All right, um, I'm going to move on to a different article and talk about the the Tinkatin line. Um, now there's Tinkatink, Tinkatuff, and Tinkatin. And the only one that I really want to talk about um, is uh, Tinkatin, just because uh, it has a cool ability on it if you get it to that point of ability it's called gather materials you must discard a card from your hand in order to use this ability once during your turn you may draw three cards so it is you know refinement or trade or make do as we have come to know it but you're getting an extra card but you have to get to a stage two i i mean i think it was intriguing enough to bring up that if you want one more card on your trades you can do it with Tinkatin. I don't know if it's worth it for stage two because the stage one and the basic don't really bring much to the table. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure because, like you said, drawing extra cards is great, but evolving a stage two that has no playable cards underneath it um, feels pretty bad. Um, it, even if the basic doesn't really do anything, just getting it to a rare candy or something just to get one extra card. Um, doesn't feel great um, unless, you know, it makes sense in a, a deck archetype that already needs candies, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like there's other Pokemon I'd rather play uh, to draw cards. I hear you on that one. Um, all right. Um, last two cards I want to bring up, because I guess I should bring up Claude, Paldean, Claude Sire EX, because it is an EX that's coming out. Um, he is a stage one that obviously evolves from Paldean Whooper. Um, uh, comes with a poison bog ability. Once during your turn, if there's a stadium in play, you may leave your opponent's active Pokemon poison. A Garboder's back, baby. Right. Um, if anything that require, and then anything that requires poison, that's the easy way to do it. Um, it comes with one attack for darkness. Uh, this is dark Pokemon, 280 HP. Um, for stage two is pretty good, or stage one is pretty good HP, I will say. Um, for darkness, two colorless, needle bone, 200 damage, flip a coin. If it tails, this Pokemon can't attack during your next turn. So, uh, effectively 210 with the free poison, as long as you have the stadium in play. Um, so, right, not bad, but it's, not It's not great. Meta-defining or anything like that. We've had cards similar to this even recent, as recently as Garvoder, like you said. Um, it really just depends on poison's, um, you know, relevance in the meta. Uh, what cards kind of can combination or be in combination with this? We kind of you know see a little bit of that with wheezing right now. Uh, obviously, wheezing is rotating, um, but if you see stuff like that, uh, potentially um, it will be good. At least it will have that backbone for you know consistency when it comes to to poison. It's just a matter of is poison good enough. Um, yeah. And the answer, you know, generally over the last uh, handful of years has been no, um, with, you know, a little spike in interest here or there, but um, no, nothing too crazy. Yeah. All right. And the last card I want to bring up is the 
Uh, Hydrogen, Hydragon line with uh, Dino and Zuelos. Um, uh, Zuelos comes with a find your friend uh, attack. So the most useful, uh, up, I mean, that's a useful up attack on a, on a stage one, but mm -hmm. um, would have been better on the Dino, which I, I believe there is a Dino from Evolving Skies that has that same attack. So there's that. Um, but really why I wanted to talk this, talk about this is the hydragon stage two uh comes with an ability uh its attack is is the 160 damage that's it 160 damage for three energy um but the ability try how once during your turn you may look at the top three cards of your deck and attach any number of energy cards you find there to your pokemon in any way you like then you discard the other cards now i just want to point out that a good friend of the cast Jake Gearhart uh, pointed out a convoluted, I said, I'm going to say convoluted, but it is a two card combo to where you can guarantee the top three cards are what you may want them to be. Um, so that's it. That could be an, an easy three energy guaranteed stack, but it does require your supporter and another item card in your hand to, 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 to do so. But that's why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah, uh, it, does, it feels like it's probably fringe, uh, you know, playability at locals or whatever. I don't think we're going to see uh, a lot of success with this card. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely is a deck builder's paradise kind of thing um, where um, they can try to make that ability work, uh, especially, you know, with the, like people like Jake um, or, or even, you know, when you're trying to make a specific deck work that just kind of has like a weird off the wall archetype, uh, kind of change the game up a little bit. Um, you know, it definitely interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting, but, uh, I'm, I'm still in the, I'm hesitation that stage shoes are completely viable. I mean, after like rotation doesn't make that doesn't necessarily make them a hundred percent viable. We are going to slow down a little bit, but I, I could see. Stage two EX is being viable because you get a big payoff when you get there, right? Uh, with HP, um, they, this guy is still easily knock up, knock out a bull by basic yeah, 180. So, yeah, exactly. Um, the, the question on whether the stage twos are actually usable still is, is a question mark to me, but that is going to sum up the card reveals and the news. So, uh, we can uh, get into this week's. Uh, Basic deep dive here. Let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation, right? Um, you know, just kind of piggybacking off of what we did last week, uh, talking about um, meta decks and what they're going to look like after rotation, what these decks are going to look like. We, we talked about Lugia and Lost Box last week, um, and we have two more that we kind of want to bring up that um, might see some pluses or minuses. Uh, and talk it through and see what our take is on what these decks are going to look like and if you should be playing them or consider playing them. Yeah. Yeah, so um, kind of like going to be like a little bit of an ongoing chat that we do over the, uh, the next Right. Few, I mean, we, we are in a little weird spot where, you know, uh, aside from talking about regionals um, and OCICs or ICs, um, the meta's still kind of stale, so we're trying to keep it a little bit fresh, talking about some of these decks um, that are, you know, those last weeks were pretty meta, uh, but we might be talking about some decks that are, you know, C or B tier that might see a bump in play also because of rotation. Yeah, yeah, just because 
we can only talk totally only talk meta for so much time i don't know if everybody wants us to talk about lugia for like 45 minutes every episode for the next couple (laughs) for months or so so we got two different uh two different decks uh that for a different kind of reason why we want to talk about them this week so we can begin the conversation with a meta staple at the moment still uh one of the top three decks in mu v max with uh you know genesec that archetype isn't going to rotate so um the major pokemon can still be still still stick around because fusion strike is still going to be part of the meta mm-hmm. so um looking at uh, uh just to reiterate what i went over what i did last time looking at what is currently being played in card counts over at trainer hill in the deck just seeing what cards that are in any possible version of this deck that have been played uh what is going to rotate so basically there's like five cards i've come down to that are going to rotate that are commonly in muv max yeah um we have quick ball marnie rotom phone and uh to a lesser extent big paracel and for those niche people heroes metal right so um yeah, I mean, Heroes five. Metal, um, not really a staple, not a big deal. Um, Marnie, you know, it depends on the build. I think you see a lot of Marnie in the uh, DTE version, um, which you can still just see Judge take its place. So it's, yeah, you know, the, the same the vein. Um, you're you're still, if you're going to play DTE uh, version, you can still play that. You're not losing any Pokemon. Um, uh, and so you can just play a Judge over that. Um, the two big cards for me, though, I think that are going to semi-affect it, um, and just for consistency and thinning, um, are the Quick Ball and the Rotom Phone. Obviously, Rotom Phone has kind of come in and out of Mew decks, depending on the version. Um, but being able, especially if you're like Pathlocked or or you're just trying to dig for a specific card, uh, and you're not using your, um, you know, your Cram, or you're trying to find your Cram or whatever card. Uh, is that phone where you can get, you know, look at the next five cards and then put it on the top and then easily get it with the Genesect. Um, I don't think that could be understated how how good of a card that is in Mew um, overall. Um, and then obviously Quick Ball um, is going gonna, gonna to hurt because you're still going to have plenty of basic Pokemon search um, and, and just Pokemon search in general um, with with the Ultra Ball. Um with fog crystal with with um with feather ball uh but yeah. none of the well aside from ultra ball none of those are discarding cards from your hand and Mew generally likes to burn through these cards so they can do genesect so that's that's why quick ball is going to be a loss it's not because of finding that basic pokemon that you want um it's because of the thinning of the hands um yeah. So, uh, and and yeah. and most of the time, we usually we've been saying that nest balls basically uh, an, a one for one replacement for quick ball in most decks. But in Mew, you really don't want to one for one it because nest nest ball is not a burnable card if you have a full bench because the way it is worded, the Pokemon goes to your bench. So if you have a full bench. You actually can't play Nest Ball, so then that's right. That's in fact, again, I don't think you want to play Nest Ball in Mew, anyways, because it still has Fog Crystal, which is just a better version of Nest Ball because you can find an Energy or the Pokemon that you want. Because generally, you're going to only have Psychic. Um, 
or you can have Featherball to find your evolution because we are going to lose Evo Incent too. And I think so, some some decks played Evo Incent. Um, so that still kind of can fi- be that card that you can find your Mew VMAX with. I didn't see any on the, the listing here for Evo Incense, but I do agree with you. Uh, I I was gonna think I was thinking of a of a combination of the three, um, mm. only because the other two cards you met, mentioned in Featherball and and Fog Crystal, those will find you Muse. Right, um, you're right. Either, you're and, right. And um, Fog Crystal can get you energy, which uh, psychic energy, which most of the time the deck actually doesn't even play, but it can get you basic Mu V maxes. I would think Featherball, but Featherball can get you either. Um, so I do think that's a good replacement and it is usable if even if you have a full bench or you just want to burn the card, you can. Um, but I would I would think that one or two copies of Nest Ball might still find a way in because there's no other besides the- Ultra Ball, there's no other way to find an Oracorio if it's still gonna be played, or your Genesex. Uh Battle VIP. What's that? Battle VIP pass. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that great lovely you're, card. You're basically, the, those guys are coming out with either you're VIPing them or you're ultra balling for them, which right. may still work. You never, so you for know, me again, so you know we're just kind of thinking off the wall, maybe things too that could potentially help uh, with cards coming in, and and not to say that this is going to help Genesis dig because this is not a uh, fusion strike, uh, but we're talking about like just like decluttering clunky hands and sometimes Mew has that especially with uh you know the the subtraction of of quick ball um so you have less versions or less cards that you can just like uh go through your deck um that might be the what is this the squovit uh right that that just uh, put <laughs> discard your or put your hand at the bottom of your hand and you draw one and then you could genesect uh, on top of that to get like four more cards five more cards um yeah we've we've seen card we've seen mu decks have success now with non-fusion strike in there with uh you know with the aerodactyl or anything like this so maybe this is far uh, as i can see it might kind of find a home in there and it might be something um that that is a non-fusion strike card to put in the deck a little adding a little bit of a a curve that's not what we've seen by non-fusion strike pokemon but hey Again, I, uh, I don't. I'm not saying, hey, it's going to be meta. Do this. Uh, if you're not doing this, you're just playing it wrong. Um, but especially in the early meta, if you're a Mew player, um, may try that. You know, um, it's yeah. at least worth a try. Yeah, not not a bad idea. All right, um, and that really sums up Mew. I, I mean, I don't see your deck changing that much. Uh, no. You can probably take your current build. Of Mew, uh, you're going to move maybe 10 cards around. Uh, if that, uh, and that's it. I mean, yeah, your Marnies just become judges. Like, I yeah. honestly, that that is an easy one for one swap. Any of I the think. trainers that play you Marnie? play in Mew right now are staying. Any of the Pokemon generally are staying. Um, yeah. Your consistency of drawing cards or Pokemon cards is staying. It's just the thinning that's going to find a little bit of a of um you know a hit to it so is that enough to knock Mew off of the pedestal i don't think so i think we're going to see plenty of Mew post rotation yeah those phone players might have to get on the shoes so yeah all right 
All right, let's move into our second archetype. And this one um, was not one that is super popular at the moment, but I do believe is a popular archetype in general in uh, Dark Rye V-Star. So um, Dark Rye is a fan favorite deck. So, and in the same vein as Mew, um, not losing very many essential cards. Mm-hmm. Um, now it has more cards that it's losing because there's a, uh, quite a couple of different ways to play Dark Rive V-Star at the moment. Um, but uh, to sum it up, uh, the main cards that are going to rotate out of Dark Rive V-Star that you see in most of the archetypes, uh, Quick Ball, obviously, um, Crobat V is going to be one big one. Um, yep. the Ordinary Rod the air balloon and training court. And then uh, I've seen popular with the Mew celebrations, Mew and some scoop up nets, but um, that's basically it. Um, Yeah. I mean, it definitely hurts the consistency a little bit, but we're, we're jumping into a meta where there's a lot of hype around, you know, obviously Mew, um, a lot of hype around psychic in general with Gardevoir coming in. Uh, with you know the potential shadow rider seeing some viability um again um so you know dark rye might be that deck that holds it down so we're still gonna see plenty of cards um that will you know make the the deck consistent and dangerous um overall in the meta especially to the psychic um you know dark rye itself its ability um to just recycle um item cards uh, which, you know, Dark Patch is not going anywhere, so you're still going to have that acceleration. Um, I believe you still have Moltres's, right? Both Moltres's are staying? Both Moltres's are both, staying. Both Moltres's are still both staying, so are, yeah, are those staying. are good. Uh, I believe we're still getting Energy Switch, right? I, I believe uh, so. I think Energy Switch, I can't remember if Energy Switch and Search were reprinted. Um I believe um, I, I I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but I think we're keeping energy switch. So um, cards like that could definitely you know build it up. It's it's a matter of we it, can we discard enough cards in here. Um, the only one the only one that uh, I knew sometimes they play an energy retrieval. Uh, you will not have that. You will have a super energy retrieval, which is four energies to mm-hmm. the hand. Uh, which I don't know uh, might be useful. Um, I mean, uh, it 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 does the same trick that you want to do with like a Moltres in hand or something like that. So, um, where you get the drop two, right? Um, so now I, know, I think it'd be good, but you need extra cards in hand to discard. Now I know this deck, uh, you know, in the current form, kind of churns through itself pretty quickly. I think it slows down a little bit. Um, but with the with the meta where it is, I feel like the barrel would be a pretty nice addition to kind of keep this uh, this archetype kind of churning along and being able to you know keep resources in in its hands. Yeah, um, I think you still like kind of rely on the churn. You know, maybe poker stop uh, in there, mm-hmm. uh, and then you but you use the barrel like you said instead of the crowbat. I mean, it's a similar similar thing, but you have to get to the barrel, and uh, yeah, I think it could see a good amount of use as well. Um, 
in churning through the deck and getting to the energy and the energy acceleration cards, those dark patches, uh, and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, again, I think the deck's never seen like super re meta relevance. Um, but I think, you know, if it's a time you want to try to, you know, use a deck that has kind of been an archetype already and, and see, you know, what, what it would be. That would be one of the ones top on my list. Um, that might see some resurgence or not even just resurgence, but actual um, potential for, for meta relevancy um, in that dark ride. Yeah, because like you did say, as you, you brought up that the psychic looks to be popular. We want set at least from what's coming out in base set Scarlet and Violet with the Garden mm -hmm. of War, um, you still being good. So it will also be a popular weakness uh in that darkness will be hitting for weakness so mm. uh you may not have to get to those big numbers that it needs for most of the meta like trying to take out a palkia or something like that um so it could it could excel because it can get to yeah i mean it's still playing the two-shot game against a lot of decks uh plus you know baby moltres anytime you can have that kind of card out there for late game um, regardless of weakness, it can come out there and take some big, big one shots um, if you time it right and you manage your resources correctly. Yeah, that's that's one thing I want to say that I've seen a lot of. Well, when I I want to say a lot of people around here like Darkrai. That was one thing that I always thought with people that when they played Darkrai, they did not like have that Moltres in their back pocket to just take big smacks. Mm -hmm. They just used it for energy drop and then never realized that they could just attach one. And then hit for big numbers in the last game. They always were just like, I need to get Dark Ride to be huge. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? When, which is valid, but like it's valid. I mean, I, I get it. Like, that's like that's the thing, is like Dark Ride's done this for a while, so it's kind of like the same gimmick, but you can get Dark Ride huge, take your knockout, and then if someone moves moves that Dark Ride rather than like being too energy short, you could just be like, Hey, here's a here's a Moltres that's gonna still do that same amount of damage. So right. Yeah, so, um, you know, Darkrai, I think the stock might be going up. So it's definitely a, a deck that we're going to keep our eye on, um, you know, going forward into rotation. Again, we're still a little bit off, but we're getting closer and closer. So, um, you know, we're starting to get excited about your next fight. And you know, as I say that, our dog, my dogs start getting in a fight upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you... I mean, is that where we're going to end, end it there? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think we talked, a, you know, a lot about, you know, the, the current meta and where we're at. Um, not a lot has changed. And then we're trying to look ahead, um, you know, into the into the next meta. Um, you know, I think that's a, a good stopping point one. there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody again for sticking to the end of the Pokemon uh, portion of our podcast uh, if you want to hang out and stick around for the after hours last of us review talk um, you know stick stick around after the outro thanks again for listening to the pittsburgh pokemon podcast uh, if, as always if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like a rating or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is it goes a long way to helping out the pod plus jake where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter 
for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. All right, and we are back. This is the after hours portion of our podcast talking The Last of Us, uh, HBO TV series, not video game this time around. Um, what we are in, what, episode six now? Episode six. Oh, my gosh. It's it's flying by. Uh, we're yeah. getting closer and closer Pretty to the cool. end. Um, <clears throat> a lot has happened uh, in this episode that kind of meshed two, two um, you know, portions of the story together into one uh at least from my eyes um but there was a lot of character development in here um there was a little bit of easter eggs towards um the last of us part two in here uh and obviously there was you know the whole um colorado um you know scene that happens uh in in and uh spoiler alerts joel's um injury um which was not the same but definitely in the you know related to what happened in the video game so a lot to unfold here chuck um what do you think of this episode uh you know let's start at the top so i'm gonna be a little nitpicky on on this one uh i i overall i think it was a good episode but um there's just certain things that i felt like could have been uh, a little bit more expanded upon or or i think they they tweaked from the game for tweaked differently from the game that wasn't necessarily as exciting then Mm -hmm. uh mostly with the towards the end part so the beginning part i actually thought they would actually try and do something with the three month span yeah Uh, be that it's tv they wouldn't just skip three months um video game i kind of understand they wanted to change locale probably yeah but um yeah i mean they the fact they still did it intriguing i'm not mad but i thought they could have put another episode in here of something uh fun and exciting along the way add to the story Uh, a little bit yeah i guess what we got was the house the the little hut with the uh uh kind of comic relief uh <laughs> older family uh i do i do i did enjoy that whole scene yeah. um, for people that have already been living out on the on the range uh in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah in, in the middle of nowhere as they were uh <laughs> i'm sorry i i just like the line that ellie said sorry i missed all the road signs in the middle of the big forest <laughs> uh, <laughs> right yeah so uh that's not all of the words she said, but uh, yeah, that was that was a good good scene. I enjoyed that. Um, added in, I thought it added a little uh, flavor to their travel and showed that they're not. I mean, not everybody's like out to be evil. There are you can survive in, on your own uh, in this world, uh, kind of like Bill and Frank did. You know what I mean? Right. But this is differently. This is out in the wilderness. You know what you're doing. You can. So, I mean, I like that. And then, uh, obviously, dramatizing them while they're where they're going to go. Like, you know, oh, got to go across the river of death. Uh, so, uh, creating more suspense, even though 
nothing really kind of bugs them the entire travel. So yeah, that, uh, so that's the thing um, with the show. I've noticed, um, you know, obviously there's just not nearly as much action um, between, you know, just just between other human groups or the infected. Um, you your travels across the country definitely brought a lot more hardship. Um, not to say that they haven't come across hardship, obviously, but um, the danger level seems to be a, a bit lower, um, you know, because yeah. they've chosen to um, really work on the character development, which is fine. Um, I just wish they sprinkled a little bit more action in, like what we talked about with Bill's Town. Love the episode overall, but, you know, some of the action sequences were so iconic, we're missing, and it doesn't seem like we're going to get that. Um, you know, some of the, you know, the, the, just the Kansas city slash Pittsburgh stuff, um, was not quite there. Just trying to get through and escape the city. Um, and then coming to, coming to this is, you know, the attack, uh, that, you know, of, of Jackson or, or, uh, where Tommy's at, um, you know, it's just not quite there, but there's still a lot of character development. You know, you can tell that Joel and Ellie are really starting that, you know, bond, um, overall, um, you know, I love the the character development or the the um, the humanization of Joel, making him not nearly as strong, uh, making him have anxiety attacks. Um, you know, as he's starting to you know start to love Ellie as you know, almost a pseudo daughter, um, where he just now he he can handle the battles, uh, he can handle you know people trying to kill him, but. Um, he doesn't want to relive the, the loss of a daughter again. And you can tell that that, that is building up through this episode um, and through yeah. the whole series so far. Um, and, and I think they do a really good job with that. Yeah. That in this episode, I think that was the, the, the primary focus of this episode is really showing that, that Joel has reached that point where in his relationship with Ellie and that scares the bullies like bejesus out of him, that if he does lose Ellie, he is losing. He's at that point where he can't handle losing another daughter figure. Yeah. Um. And it and it's really scaring him and 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 taking him to uh, a different level, um, which he's not used to. Uh, at least in the last twenty years of his life, that's not what he's been trying to avoid. Yeah. Um, I do think they did a really good job of showing that. Um. They do get to Jackson and find Tommy, which I find is hilarious when he gets there. He's like, I'm here to save you. Uh, but Tommy's <laughs> doing, doing, doing just fine. Doing yeah, he's doing him. 100% fine. Um, I, I do like a little tidbit because I I, mean, I think it was only after the episode or either in something else that I listened that the pod, the official podcast that they said in, in like this, obviously, in, when you play the game, you never go to Jackson before Colorado. Right. Everything everything happens at the dam. But uh I think in the game they said I think it was Neil Druckmann who said in the game it was a that was actually a a uh a cost uh like a a money issue. Like they didn't have time and money to make Jackson happen in mm-hmm. the game. So they just did everything at the dam. Right. So this is actually going on something that Neil Drunkman wanted to do it this way, where they end up going to Jackson 
the dam right. just added also more action for us because we can get attacked there and whatnot. But like you said, we're getting a little less. This is less action packed, a little bit more drama oriented, which isn't bad because the story is still the story and it's still great. Um, I'm just waiting for the action. Like we'll get the action when the action comes. Um, especially as it gets later into future future games and seasons, yep. I would assume. Yep. But uh, I like Jackson. The recreation of Jackson um, looks cool. Uh, there, the, the the whole area that was the whole area was done well. The the interaction with his brother, I don't, I don't want to go over it like scene by scene, but like the whole the whole back and forth done really well. I enjoyed it. Um, the recreation of the 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 pivotal scene, uh, in, in the game of Ellie, you know, telling Joel not to like ditch her. You know what I mean. She yep. loses people too. Um, very done. What like I loved it. Uh, done really well. Um, really hit the same notes. Uh, at the same time as well too. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Jackson part. Um, but if, if you have anything more to say, I don't. I don't yeah, want to skip. So, over Jackson so the Jackson part. There were a couple things stand out things for me. One is a Easter egg nod towards The Last of Us Two. Obviously, we didn't see Jackson is is a is a holes in city, uh, so that in itself was um, all that was in uh, The Last of Us Two. Um, but when they first get sat down and they're eating their meal, and you see a, a curious kid looking at them, and then Ellie starts yelling at her. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what she said. That was Dina. <laughs> that yeah. confirms. That confirms. Uh, you know, a character that was only in the second one is still exists. So that will um, only further speculate, you know, going forward into season two, that some of the um, the storylines are going to stay, you know, pretty close to what happened in the game. So um, it was cool to kind of see her her character as kind of just like an Easter egg before you know that that storyline unfolds but we're like oh if for for anybody that played any of the games they're like that that um what was that meme the leonardo dicaprio meme where he's like pointing he's like oh there it is there it is uh, yeah. that, that was definitely me i was like there's dina <laughs> yeah a little early a little early easter egg for you guys yeah right uh, but aside from that i really love the conversation between tommy and joel about how you know, we, we already kind of talked about where he's scared to lose Ellie, but more that he just fails. He keeps failing uh, in real life, losing, you know, multiple people and in and, and fights where Ellie had to save him. Um, and then even just losing in his dreams. He can't remember his dreams, but he just wakes up from his dreams, you know, with that that defeat feeling that like something's wrong. So um really just kind of really hits home on that that anxiety um and, and you know what we kind of already spoke about with joel and in, in f- yeah. fearing to, the loss of ellie yeah and ultimately why he's trying to to pawn kind of like pawn her off on to on the tommy to tommy to finish this run out to colorado for him so he so he doesn't fail but then i i, th- I think it's you know he, he guises it as a choice, he wants to give Ellie a choice, but I, I think he, to take her along. I think he just he couldn't. He's like I think he went to bed and was like I can't not go. Like yeah. I can't. 
Exactly. Because if something happens now, he's losing uh, both people that he loves the most in this world at this point. (laughs) And he definitely doesn't want that. Yeah. So moving into Colorado, this is where I get the the trek to the University of Eastern Colorado. um, The first firefight camp they go for. Uh, This is where I get a little nitpicky because I do... um, I do remember going here in the game and uh, a lot of the conversation, I mean, and they bond on their way. Um, you know, they learn to shoot the, the, the rifle um, and they talk football, which I remember, I think I'm pretty sure like these, these kind of like little conversations. Yeah. They, they happen in the game. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the game. So I like that, but bonding you still get, but um, I feel like they, I really feel like they kind of glazed over, the university mm-hmm. um, now obviously the university is a big um kind of you know zone or interaction piece for the video game but i thought there was a lot of other cool interesting tidbits they could have put in there uh because when you're like you have to like sneak through dorm rooms and then you get a glimpse of what it was like to be a college kid and the outbreak happened and you like college kids were just like stuck in their they just like stayed in their dorm and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, like there was there was like college kids that just kind of like hold it up for like I don't know like two weeks before they ended up failing to and like I I mean maybe that was just too depressing to put in, but I thought that would be a little interesting to see how a a, a university fail like failed at, at, at a pandemic like the the outbreak uh, on onward. And then ultimately, like when they, I mean, the monkeys, they made the monkeys made it. So, yeah. And then what the monkeys made it. And there was one thing I want to add to this before you get on to the the whole Marauders and in that situation where in the game, uh, when you find the room, you know, obviously nobody's there from the fireflies. um, You find some like video recorders that have like audio bits. I would have loved them to have something where they found it and heard somebody from the fireflies um you know with their recording um you know kind of give a little easter egg in that um aspect that would even since they even where they were kind of glossing over the whole colorado scene if they would have added that little uh tidbit i think it would have gone a long way um to connecting the dots uh for the for the you know the game players and the tv show goers yeah and obviously, we find out that they got to go. They the fireflies have moved somewhere else. This is Salt Lake City, which is where we end up going eventually. But this is where you get uh, ambushed by marauders, raiders, your classic bad guys with no names. Um, and it happens in this. They come up on him just like four guys out of nowhere. And then this this is the part where it kind of like gets nitpicky. It's just like four guys out of nowhere. Like what are they doing here? Like yeah. And only one guy runs up on him like out of like with the baseball bat first on the horse that I guess only he saw like chilling uh, attached to the, like hanging out the tree. Right. Like they just seem very incompetent. Um, as like a raider group. And hundred percent. And um. The, the injury like uh, the 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 fight sequence was all right, but like, um, just un not unplausible because the whole thing was like a little bit of a letdown. It didn't seem 
as uh, what's impactful. Like it, like right. it wasn't. It, it definitely like, wasn't that o- aftermath, OMG mo- moment. <laughs> yeah, the the aftermath was right. Like the impact of like oh oh crap, uh, Joel's hurt, um, and and it's bad, uh, and Ellie doesn't know what she's gonna do. But the part in the game is the injury comes out of left field, but it's more of a like a because he falls from a balcony and gets hit and gets rebar stuck on. Now that's a little bit more like I don't know what I want to say more cliche of an injury mm-hmm. that happens. So I wasn't like I'm not against them changing that, but it was more surprising. It was more surprising. So I think. Two things with the Marauders, it should have been more people. Um, because the eh, spoiler alert, these these Marauders are kind of um connected to you know what's gonna happen in future episodes or it, it happened in the future of the game. Um, so they needed to for me present a little bit more of a threat, and they weren't so um you know, just kind of like lackluster, it was only random four guys. So if there were more guys, if they would have slowed this episode down. Um, or had the whole Colorado sequence completely separate as its own episode. They could have had a little more action. They don't have to have it as nearly as like as the video game was, um, but it, at least make it hard for them to get from the top level all the way down, um, and then make it feel like they almost escaped. And then you know, I think the WTF moment where they, he gets knocked down and then into the rebar um, was great. And then they in just the to addition of that is how Ellie kind of gets him up onto the horse. It's kind of like a whole uh, your your heart races kind of moment where it's like Ellie is now the protector um, and then has to fight through you know a good number of, of bad guys to get to the horse. Ultimately they get to the horse, the injury is the same but I think it, it was a character building moment on her part right then and there too. Um, that they missed out on. Um, and again, the threat level wasn't nearly there. Um, they just kind of felt like random people instead of like a group trying to like, you know, take them over. I don't know. Um, uh, so well, I, I see what you're saying for sure. Yeah, I, I I can. So I think what you're saying, like where she she takes over, the she becomes a protector. I think I think they're they're saving that until in the next week or two when that kind of like i think it's going to be like a big trigger in, in an episode i think it's gonna be a big thing that's why they're maybe because she really hasn't been like they made a big deal about the one the first time she shot the gun and killed a guy and it was hard for her but then like she hasn't had to be like the protector at all like it's all been joel doing it but she's wanted to like she's always showed she kept showing that she wants to be, but they haven't had her actually have to do it. Where in the right. game, you kind of where she kind she does, she does like you get a little bits of pieces where you she is a piece like a a part uh, of yeah the protection, uh, a, a part of the team at this at this juncture. But now, I think they're going to save this while Joel's gone, while Joel's hurt. She's going to be get into her Joel pants and and do things. Right. But, and that that leads into the whole David situation. Um, I yeah. think the next next episode, it seems like it's going to be the prequel with her, her in the in the mall, um, her origin story. 
kind of where she, you know, was bitten in the first place. Um, to give the people that haven't played the games or aren't having spoilers, like is Joel dead kind of a moment um, and make them stew on that for an extra week. Um, but ultimately the week after um, will probably be that, that episode where Ellie's really jumping into her own being a, able to support and, and protect Joel in the manner she does. And then just kind of deal with the threat of David, which is probably the biggest threat in the game uh, overall, like single threat in the game. Um, and just kind of how that transpires. I'm, I'm curious to how they, I'm curious if she gets the whole episode of flashback. Like that's like the whole mall is a whole episode or if we kind of do a, a back and forth kind of thing. They better not back and forth it. I don't care about the mall getting as much support or uh, like as like limelight. Um, but they cannot gloss over the whole David and his group um, situation. That's too big of a moment for Ellie um, as her character development. If they if they gloss over the whole David situation, not going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would not be happy either. Uh, just knowing that there's only so many episodes left. I'm just curious how how much David we get comparatively because... Uh, we still know that they have to go to Salt Lake to. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, before the series started, I I didn't think we were going to get to the end of Salt Lake by the end of this season. I think, um, you know, season two will be kind of like uh, 1.5 or something like that, uh, where it, it kind of picks up the end of game one in the beginning of two. Um, I think that's kind of where they're going. OK, that, that, that's just my feeling. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Right. Um, because I, I think I don't know how many episodes are left. Is it? I think they're only doing six. Nine. They're only doing nine, so there's three more. Three. So I think what they should do ultimately is have the mall sequence um, be one of its own, and then have the whole David sequence where Ellie's coming into her own as a almost like a two parter uh, to be a season finale, and then kind of go from there after that. Yeah, save I don't... save the giraffe moment for the beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's a lot that goes on in Salt Lake, so that's why I, like, I'm surprised they would um limit it to one episode. I would say, yeah, if they did, they they glossed over a little bit. I would have loved to see them do this a little bit of a slow burn uh make it a little longer uh even if they had to do multiple seasons um where they have kind of glossed over a little bit of stuff where they could have made you know the danger level um you know not only just action overall uh be there but it, it you know it, it it adds to the story and keep with the, the same character development and just make it longer um that way they have to do more episodes i guess um, even if that meant like a second season or an extra season overall. Well, that's that's why I'm with you on a, on a little bit nitpicky. I think the the this section seemed a little quick, and 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 especially for the the college. Um, so that's why I was hoping, kind of the same thing, like making sure that they don't gloss over things. Um, I'm okay with this, like. I don't think it has to end at the Fireflies for the first season, too. So, yeah, 100% agree. Uh, but again, uh, still, uh, 
a great adaptation. Uh, love the show. I'm going to continue to watch it, support it, um, and go on from there. But uh, unless you have anything to add, I think that's going to do it for us for uh, this week's uh, recap of Last of Us and uh, for the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna make it a wrap for me. I don't got much to add. Yeah. Again, uh, thank you everybody for hanging out with us till the end, um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Peace.